When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 117 of The Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, I'm your host, and it's uh, always a great pleasure to bring you uh, another episode, a great uh, roundup of the latest cruise news, a listener question, and of course our usual maritime history. But this show is a little bit different, and I'm going to let Chris explain why. Over to you. Thanks, Baz, and hi to everybody. I'm here in Sydney Harbour looking at the Coral Princess. And uh, this uh, 2002-built ship is about to set sail later today for a short cruise up to Eden and back. And it's uh, a voyage that I've very fortunately been invited to, to join them with, thanks very much to Princess Cruises, uh, to have a, a bit of an experience of what it's like on uh, the Medallion-class ships uh, and, of course, the first Princess ship back in the Australian market. She's significantly larger than the ships that she replaced here in the Australian market. We, we used to have uh, regular visits from the Sun Class, which of course were retired during the pandemic. And the Coral Princess is of the larger Coral Class, so she's got a lot more uh, space and amenities. So really excited. The ship looks fantastic. She's got a, a very interesting design, quite a, a traditional sort of bow and forward superstructure and then uh, a very interesting funnel with two what look like aeroplane engines on the funnel but that's uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a trick of design it's there to signify that the ship is gas turbine powered so she has a uh, hybrid power plant with gas turbines and diesel over electric um, really looking forward to being on board i'll be bringing you a special podcast from this cruise next week uh, but until then, thanks so much, Baz. Thanks, Chris. Uh, enjoy the cruise and can't wait to hear what you think about uh, Medallion and all of its benefits. It is probably time we get this show on the road, so uh, let's take a very quick break. Chris will be back with this week's Maritime History, and we've got a very special guest bringing you this week's cruise news. Enjoy the show. Be sure to share the podcast on your favourite social media channels. Yes, and so this week's Maritime History question is being recorded live in Sydney Harbour. 
which is very, um, you know, very appropriate given the question. So the question was uh, one that came in through uh, the emails on the podcast from Luke, and it was, what happened to the Orient Line? Well, the Orient Line was a very famous shipping line, um, very popular on the run from the Great Britain to Australia. Uh, it was founded as a family business, and in 1918, a controlling stake was purchased by the Peninsula and Oriental Steam Navigation Company, PO. But they actually opted to allow Orient Line to operate as an independent company. The brand was very well managed. The company was uh, much uh, loved by those who traveled with it. So it was decided not to tamper with that and uh, keep that loyalty for the Orient Line operating on that service to Australia. Uh, this lasted until the age of the jet and when um, jet aircraft started to impact on global transportation, P&O actually opted to merge in with the Orient Line and create P&O Orient. Uh, this was done again to consolidate resources in a time when many passenger ships were being retired. And so at that time, the Orient Line's main ships were the uh, Oriana, which was their flagship. She actually um, was put through sea trials wearing Orient Line colours, but then was quickly transferred across to the P&O Orient uh, management. And they also had the Oronce, the Orsova and the Orcades, which are three uh, very famous uh, Orient Line ships that were much loved on that Australian service. These ships operated for P&O Orient. Um, the uh, Orcades, Oronce and Orsova all actually ended up being retired from service throughout the 1970s and the Oriana was moved across to Australia to operate out of Sydney Harbour and in fact where I'm standing here looking over at the Circular Quay area and at the old P&O and Orient piers, uh, you could actually just almost picture um, Oriana in, in Sydney Harbour here because she would operate out of Sydney on cruises throughout the 1980s and was eventually retired in 1986. Uh, Oriana went off to become a hotel ship in Asia for many years uh, and has since uh, been scrapped. But the Orient line, it actually survives in terms of uh, connections with P&O to this day. Um, obviously in 1995, the new P&O cruise ship Oriana, which was the second Oriana, uh, she entered service. Their current cruise ship, the um, Aurora, actually shares a name with an early Orient Line uh, steamship from the uh, 19th century. And of course, uh, on many of the P&O ships, you can find some memorabilia and, uh, and tributes to the Orient Line fleet uh, in their heritage items that they carry on board. So the company still does have uh, some prominence on board the P&O ships, particularly P&O in UK, um, and has become sort of, uh, you know, a, a brand that's been lost to history a little bit. But um, if you walk around the cities of the Australian ports, you can sometimes find hints to it, such as Orient Line buildings uh, and, of course, Orient Line mentioned many times in maritime history books. So thanks, Luke, for the, for the question. It's a, an interesting question to have had here whilst I'm in Sydney. Yes, Chris, what a great uh, question from Luke and uh, equally a great answer from yourself. Uh, thanks to both and uh, let's take a, a quick break and then head straight into Cruise News. Hello, it's me again. Just wanted to thank those of you that have supported us via Buy Me A Coffee. 
Um, if you're not familiar with that uh, system, it's a little bit like Patreon, where you can support your favorite YouTuber or artist. Um, we use Buy Me A Coffee, which is basically because we love coffee. Um, and in a nutshell, you can donate the cost of a coffee, about four Australian dollars, or multiple coffees if you prefer. Um, and in return, you receive priority access to all of the podcasts. So it doesn't matter where you listen to your podcast. If you support us via Buy Me A Coffee, you will receive an email every week um, just saying the new podcast is live and available. Here's the link, or listen to it in your favorite podcast. And uh, it gets to you about... 12 to 24 hours before anybody else gets access to it so it's a, a great little bonus there and uh, once again it's about four Aussie dollars um, one coffee multiple coffees you decide but every little donation is greatly appreciated and just a reminder you can find the link uh, to buy me a coffee in the show notes on the website and uh, also via the buy me a coffee app thanks in advance and next up on the show, we've got a uh, new guest who's helping us out this week with the cruise news. As you know, Chris is away. Uh, so for the first time, a very warm welcome to Leighton. How are you, mate? Hey, g'day, Baz. How are you going? Thanks so much for having me on the show. Oh, no, my pleasure, always. And uh, we've got quite a lot of cruise news to get through this week. And uh, uh, your first time delivering, so we'll just go with it and see see how what happens. Uh, let's start off with Hong America, a brand uh, very close to your heart, I know. Um, they're celebrating the 150th anniversary crossing on board the, the Rotterdam. But what's kind of happening on board? Okay, so it looks like they've got some fantastic, awesome stuff with going with the Lincoln Center stage, mm-hmm. um, which I think for Holland America, it does fit their brand quite well. Yeah. Um, as you know, like I personally love Holland America Line. It's one of my top... Uh, few cruise lines um, and I think for what the experience they offer you know they've been cruising since 1978 sorry, sorry 1872 mm. so you know so it's quite a long time that Holland American have had great experience in this um, in the cruise industry um, and I think it's fantastic that they're finally celebrating 150 years um, <laughs> and no better way to have um, the Lincoln Center stage um, so they've got some great um, things happening on board but not also to mention their culinary delights with Holland American Line. We both know how, how good they are. It is. Their the food is great, but some very interesting items uh, taking us back to the 1920s in some instances. Mm. And I think that's, you know, with their, their wines and their, you know, their Art Deco chic, I guess, on board the Rotterdam. I think it's quite a nice, a nice fit. Mm-hmm. Um, their Holland Recline have some great, like, you know, throwback happy hour, for example. You know, 25 cents. <laughs> <laughs> Cocktails for 25 cents. I'm in. Take me. Me too. Don't worry. I'll be next at the bar. Um, I think for Holland America Line, like having those those little like nuances on board um, is a great way for passengers to celebrate that 120, sorry, 150th anniversary. And I think from memory, Holland America Line is the second oldest cruise line in the world. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. So what a perfect way to celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this voyage is taking place on 15 October. It's heading from Rotterdam through to New York, which was the original sailing uh, when it was uh, transporting the migrants back in the day. Obviously, things have evolved, but it's great to see that it is the the new iteration of the Rotterdam that will be uh, taking this historic voyage. And there is a second opportunity to do a similar voyage uh, in early 2023 if guests are keen to be a part of uh, this history moment. I was going to say, actually, funny enough, speaking of that, they also have a Dutch high tea on board, which I would be quite interested to know what the difference is between a normal high tea and a Dutch high tea, to be honest. Well, I think you need to do a little bit of research. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> now, let's stick with Holland America because they were also celebrating their 75th anniversary in Alaska, and they literally just wrapped up the season in this last week. Wow. And I think, you know, for Alaska 
cruising Alaska, like Holland America Line, have what they call the grandfather rights. I think I don't know if you've spoken about this in previous episodes. Oh, um, yeah, I think for Alaska, there's no better cruise line to really do um, because Holland America Line does have those grandfather rights in the port of call that the ships actually pull into. So they are really the first in line on that berth. Um, and a great way to see Alaska is for Holland America Line. And don't forget also the train journey as well. Mm. Um, up through, yeah, you know, with their private train that they have up through that area. Up into um, Denali National Park and beyond. Yeah. Denali, you've been there, haven't you? No, not to Denali. I've been to Alaska, uh, but not oh, to Denali. Denali. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's a great extension, especially if people are looking to go that extra foot, extra mile, I guess you should say. Um, I think doing that, that train route through from Ketchikan up, um, I think it's fantastic. Mm. So this last uh, season, they've had 107 cruises on six ships, uh, with the last ones on the Eurodam and the Konigsdam uh, visiting the port of Ketchikan um, on Thursday, and will be arriving into Seattle um, just yesterday, So, uh, as we're recording this, of course. Um, so uh, well done to Holland America, and well done to Alaska. Great to see the ships uh, back up and running in that particular part of the world. Uh, we're going to go a little closer to home this time, though, Lates. We've got um, P&O returning to New Mir for the first time. I know, isn't that fantastic? Like after all we've been through with COVID, and I think it's a it's a real you know take your hat off to PNO for you know really um, pioneering that whole region, um, mm-hmm. and you know not not just missing the ships returning, but even to the local people having the ships return uh, and bringing that those passengers and you know helping their economy and so forth. I think it's fantastic, um, and it's great to see that it's all starting to reopen again uh, in these you know last few weeks, really. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, ships from across the Carnival Australia family will be visiting 20 uh, visits to New Caledonia alone for the rest of 2022 and 150 calls uh, scheduled wow. for 2023. So it's a definitely a popular uh, stop on the uh, traditional South Pacific itinerary, I guess. Yeah, and I think, you know, P&O really have been the, the cruise line in that indus- in that area that have really opened it up, you know, to a lot of Australian passengers mm-hmm. specifically and New Zealand, I should say as well. Mm-hmm. Um it is an area that, you know, you really want to kind of do, like, with the experts. I think p really hold their ground in that area as being the expert cruise line to, to choose uh, for those beautiful little ports of call, like, you know, Mystery Island, Isle of Pines, all those gorgeous little ports, ports I should say. Um, and I think that it's great that um, the government over there has decided to bring the cruise ships back in uh, and start opening it, re- reopening it. Do you know what? I just realised I've never been to the South Pacific. Of all the You've cruises I've been on, I've never been. No. Um, <laughs> Need to do oh, something about come that. Come on, I think I think that needs to change. <laughs> I really think that needs to change, mate. <laughs> I need to work on that for sure. <laughs> We're going to move over to Carnival Cruise Lines next. It's all uh, lights, camera, and action on board their newest ship, Carnival Celebration. And we're seeing an incredible array of new and interesting uh, production shows coming on board. Uh, we'll start off with uh, the most magnificent circus. That'd be a, you know the magnificent circus. I think that's a really a great thing for the for the carnival fleet. Kind of really ties in with the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, very fun. Very fun. <laughs> uh, I think they've got like what wire um, acrobatics and things like that that'll be on board. Very theatrical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you know high flying trapezes and things like that. I think it would be a great show to see. And you know carnival really do their production shows very very well. They've got fantastic singers and dancers and so forth. I think they're. Their, their whole um, premise is all about um, the onboard entertainment as such, you know, mm-hmm. the whole ship of fun. Exactly. Uh, the second production show that's coming on this particular vessel is Colour My World, which is an indie rock and pop love story. And then what later is, in December... What, what is indie rock? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Good question. Don't know. 
but it sounds good. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Then, as we move into December, we've got Visual Symphony, um, which is uh, using 16 massive LED screens and lasers uh, and classical rock music throughout. Uh, Then, in May of 2023, they're bringing you on board the Rio Carnival. Um, And then, of course, Carnival isn't complete without its game shows. They've, of course, got the usual Family Feud Live, Deal or No Deal, the very popular Love and Marriage show, but also bringing on some new ones, including What's Age Got to Do With It, Cash Bash, sorry, Cash Bash, and uh, Guess That Groove. So, uh, Guess That Groove. Things. Yeah. The GTs. some music quiz. <laughs> <laughs> and Dancing Skills, I think, as well, from what, from what I've read. Well, I so, you're a bit of a good dancer, so that should be all right for you. Oh, look, it depends on the night. <laughs> <laughs> and let's stay with Carnival because we're talking all things space. It is, of course, International Space Week um, as we come to the end of this week. Um, and Carnival has partnered with the Kennedy Space Center to bring some uh, space-themed activities on board Carnival Celebration from November. So it's not like some like Buzz Lightyear kind of space adventure. It's more actually based on NASA, which yeah, is science. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> that just goes to show my level of interest in science. <laughs> so you've got uh, activities for the young kids. You've got optimal orbit for two to eight years of age. You've got design your own mission patch for six to eleven years. Space Cruisers Rocket Workshop for a similar age group, and then they have family activities such as the Mars Base Camp. And Astro, which is a family-friendly take on the- on space-themed bingo. Wow! So Gotta I have a bit of bingo, those... haven't you? Oh, 100%, 100%. And I wouldn't want those rockets being launched off the back of the ship. Just going back to that point, because someone might, might see that as a flare. <laughs> so I hope they're not actually doing rockets off the back of the ship. Let's I just don't think they'll be happening. <laughs> Nothing goes overboard. We have to remember that. <laughs> true. Good. Yes, true. Nothing does go overboard. Very true. Now, we're going from uh, the big ships of Carnival down to a tiny little ship, the smallest of the Pinot fleet. This time we're talking about Le Penant, and she's had an incredible makeover. She's one of my favorite ships, I think, within the Pinot fleet. She's very unique, um, mm-hmm. having those sails on board. Um, and a great, and you know, as you said, like it is coming down to the Kimberley region actually. Uh, in the next, is it this year or next? Early next year. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Ne- early next year she's coming down. Um, and what a great way to see the Kimberleys, like the Kimberleys, and you know, to support that region of Australia that really has been very much hit by the COVID nineteen, um, having not a lot of tourists up the, in the you know between Darwin yep. and WA in the last couple of years. I think having La Penant come down and really kind of go to those really smaller ports that a lot of the other ships in those regions don't really get to. Um, I think there's only 32 guests on board. Is that right, Barry? There is now, yeah, since the refurb. I think it was previously about high 40s, but they've um, re- they basically stripped the ship right back to the metal and reconfigured all of the staterooms and the, the public areas. And I'm going to put a little uh, few images in the show notes because she is looking incredible. She was great before. I loved her in her former life. Um, but I think she's just taken that uh, next step to, to even better things now. Incredible. Yeah, 100%. And she's a, she's a beautiful little ship. And, like, I think from memory, you can actually, like, you, when you walk up on the deck area, like, on the top part of the ship, you can can go up there barefoot and just really you know you can speak to the captain mm-hmm. and the captain will tell you exactly where they're sailing and you have that kind of open bridge policy which a lot of the cruise ships don't actually have on board um where you can actually go and to ask you know find out where they're navigating through you know and and get a little bit more sense of a, a yachting life 
but yeah. not really have to do the hard work, <laughs> which I like. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the sales are very, very environmental and very topical at the moment. So uh, using less fuel uh, in a quite a sensitive area, which is uh, the Kimberley, of course. So uh, tick and box mm. for, for everything there for Penance and uh, all the best for your season in early 2023. Viking, of course, a very popular cruise line there this year celebrating their 25th anniversary. But they had the milestone event in Amsterdam or just short of a week ago. So it was uh, last weekend, actually, um, where three incredible ships from the various Viking fleets uh, met up. Um, and it was uh, quite a spectacle. Yeah, Viking is one of those brands that are really groundbreaking in their innovation. You know, and I think that looking at what they're doing through various parts of the world, not only have they got river and ocean, but River in random places around the world, like the Mississippi, um, which I wouldn't well, say. It's not a bit random. random. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it is a place that people probably don't put on their list of thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the metal that they've got, or the hardware, as they've got, as they say, is in that area, is a brand new ship with great facilities on board and a great way to really immerse yourself in the Ameri- South American, like so- Southern American. Um, hospitality, as I say, the hospitality in the South is fabulous in America. Um, yeah. Not to mention it's fabulous everywhere else, but just saying they do have that reputation. Um, and to have a new ship in that area, I think, is, is fantastic because a lot of the ships that had previously done the Mississippi had have now been a little bit tired mm-hmm. um, or a bit more traditional in its way. Um, so having something brand new, a way, a great way to see that area of the world, I think it's a fabulous um, idea from Viking to actually put a brand new ship in that in that destination. Yeah, it is definitely a game changer. It's nothing. There's nothing else like it uh, on the Mississippi, and of course they're famous for having the, one of the largest fleets of river cruises on the European waterways. Um, which they've been known for for a very long time. More recently, they've introduced the ocean-going vessels. And then, of course, only a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were talking about the, the most recent addition to the fleet, which is, of course, the uh, the expedition vessels as well. So they've pretty mm-hmm. much got you covered if you want to go cruising uh, with Viking. You've got them. They've got you, basically. <laughs> yeah, they've got you. <laughs> Um, now, uh, we're talking about the South Pacific a little earlier. We're particularly focusing on a cruise line that is only known for this particular area. Of course, mm. it is the uh, French cruise line Paul Gagam, which is now part of Penance. Uh They've just opened up all of their itineraries for 2024, Leighton. Wow, 2024 already. Wow, that's fantastic. I think for a cruise line to open up their itineraries that far in advance is amazing. Like, you know, it just goes to show the popularity of that cruise line brand. And mm. really, it has been doing that part of Tahiti for such a long time and they really know that Tahitian culture Um, and I think they have performances on board where they bring on locals and they do you know performances on the back deck and they might have like a buffet and things like that I think it's a great way to see Tahiti Um, and it's a it's also a cost-effective way because Tahiti can be quite expensive if you're just staying in the resorts um, that are located there and where doing it through Paul Gagan is a great way to see all various islands and not just be stuck in one, one particular resort for seven days, for example. So I think, I think Paul Gagan, especially if you want to do Tahiti, which is not always on every cruise um, itinerary mm-hmm. uh, that goes through the South Pacific, uh, where Paul Gagan gives you that kind of luxury experience, but also gives you that you know traditional island life and what they have to offer in that area and really give you that immersive culture. So I think yeah, Paul Gagan is a winner on my list got to be the destination experts when it comes to Tahiti that's for sure uh, for 2024 they've got 33 sailings uh, to seven different destinations within the area uh, including two new itineraries crafted by the company's destination experts themselves so uh, if you've ever wanted to go to that particular part of the world then uh, speak to your cruise advisor and ask them to look up Paul Gigan 
I'm pretty sure you won't be disappointed. And uh, we always tend to finish off with a little bit of news around uh, the river cruise industry. This time we're talking all things Uniworld. In fact, they've actually launched a couple of new itineraries for 2023. Right. So India looks like it's on the list for mm. 2023. And also Egypt. Yeah. Yep, it is. Uh, Very with India great. in particular, mm. they've um, partnered with a train uh, journey as well. So you've got the Sacred Ganges and the Maharaja Express. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got, of course, the Nile, as you mentioned, with Egypt. Um, uh, sailings on the 16th, 23rd and 30th of December, which are additional. Um, and they're also bringing back the Mystery Tour, which they did a couple of years ago, apparently, and it sells out in record time. You have no idea where you're going to cruise or what you're going to see along the way, other than the cruise departs on a particular date. It's of a particular duration, and it leaves a particular port of call. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's not a Sydney Harbour cruise or something like that that you end up going on, to be honest. It's with Uniworld. We're on a river cruise. True. <laughs> um, I think the I think the rail and sail um, idea is such a, a fabulous concept if it can be married up quite well. Um, you know, you kind of get that ocean experience of being, you know, going to various ports, but then you also have at the end or beginning of your journey that rail expedition, which kind of goes more inland. So you get to see mm. more of the inland parts of the of the country. Um, yep. So well done to Uniworld for marrying up those two destinations. Um, the Nile and going back to Egypt, the Nile is very very popular. Um, it is right and now, has it is, yeah. yeah, it has been very popular for a few, even pre-COVID. So even pre-COVID, it was very difficult to get on a any type of Egyptian river cruise at all. Um, so I highly encourage if anyone's listening and is thinking about doing Egypt, Egypt is one of those destinations that you kind of want to do by the Nile because it is so broad um, mm-hmm. as well. Um, I remember watching a documentary by Joanna Lumley actually on oh, Amazon yeah. Prime, yeah. Um, and she did a great documentary. If you have time to watch it. Um, where she explores the Nile and she goes to the basically the mouth of the Nile, which is in um, South Africa, um, mm-hmm. but really does give a great snapshot of the region. So if you do have time and you are thinking about going to Egypt, definitely check out the Joanna Lumley um, ex- um, documentary on Egypt. It's a highly recommended. Oh, fabulous. Um, that's all we've got for in cruise news. So very much appreciate you uh, joining us late. Um, I have got something that we do with all of our guests for the first time. So it's just a quick fire round. Um, no pressure, just whatever comes to mind. Uh, sunrise or sunset? Uh, sunset. I'm not, I, I'm not up early enough for the sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> Day ashore or foot on board? Uh, on board. You get the better deals on board when they day, like on those days. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's uh, my shout at the bar. What are you drinking? Uh, oh, I think I'd go for a vodka and coke. <laughs> I think that's not my, my normal go-to anyway. Okay, fair enough. And favourite port in the world? Oh, I would have to say... Oh, good question. Um, I would have to say Olympia. Oh, to see the okay. birthplace of the Olympic Games, yeah. Okay, good one, good one. And favourite cruise line and or ship? Mm. <laughs> I would have to say, and this is not within the schedule, I would have to say Silver Sea um, as my favourite cruise line at the moment mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think that the value for money that you get, even though upfront is quite expensive, what you get on board is outweighs the amount of money that you pay, 100%. Okay. And did you have a different ship that you would not necessarily um, Queen Mary too. Queen Mary too would be my favourite ship, okay. just because she's unique and she's one of a kind, uh, and no ship 
is like it's not a cookie cutter ship. There's only one of her in the way she's designed. Yeah, that's true. It's very true. Awesome, my friend. Well, thank you very much for your time today, and uh, hopefully you'll come back and uh, share a bit of cruise news with us when uh, Chris is next. Not available, maybe. <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Baz. Thanks for having me today. Hi, it's Chris here from the Coral Princess, and I'm going to be bringing you an overview of my experience on board Coral Princess with Princess Cruises in next week's episode. But until then, if you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to see videos that also talk about maritime history and cruise news, check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash chrisframeofficial. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.